0: Welcome to the SIC Network podcast, a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting SICs across the global diaspora. Sacrificing six, The need for an investigation. The highly anticipated report commissioned by the SIC Federation UK. Written by Phil Miller. Narrated by Sonny Osan. Commission designed and published by the Sikh Federation, UK. Chapter 4. 1983. UK arms sales to India at risk from the Sikh issue. Trade concerns dominate the British files on India from this period to the extent that the events of June 1984 cannot be understood without reviewing UK efforts to export civil and military goods. Britain's Overseas Development Administration, ODA, then part of the Foreign Office, has extensive records about its efforts to persuade India to sign a contract with Westlands helicopters in exchange for millions of pounds in aid money. India's state-owned Oil and Natural Gas Commission, ONGC, was looking for commercial helicopters to service offshore oil platforms. The files show that parts of Whitehall, including Thatcher herself, had serious concerns that a French company would win this commercial helicopter contract instead of Britain's Westlands. Crucially, these concerns reached a crescendo around the time that the SAS advisor was sent to Amritsar, February 1984. In his review, Sir Jeremy Haywood claimed that there is no record linking the provision of UK military advice to the discussion of potential defence or helicopter sales, or to any other policy or commercial issue. He ruled it out even further, stating that the scope for such a linkage is not suggested in any submission to or comment from a UK minister or official. He boldly concluded that in sum, there is no evidence that the UK at any level attempted to use the fact that military advice had been given on request to advance any commercial objective. Whilst to some degree one has to take Haywood at his word, because so much of the relevant files are still classified, it is worth setting out in detail what the available files actually show about those commercial and defence sales agreements. This way, the public can reach its own view as to the importance that lucrative trade deals had on Thatcher's decision to send an SAS officer to Amritsar and any other covert anti sikh measures that she may have authorised. From the outset, the FCO worked closely with Westlands to help the company win the helicopter contract with India. Although there was internal debate and division between Whitehall departments about the merits of using aid money to secure this contract, the British High Commissioner in New Delhi and Thatcher were consistently in favour of Westlands winning the contract. As early as April 1982, Westlands thanked the British High Commission, BHC, in New Delhi for its invaluable assistance in selecting a sales consultant for pursuing this deal. Months later, the BHC told Whitehall that the helicopter sale to ONGC would constitute a significant and visible entry into a sector which we would like to see the UK firms take more interest. The Westlands W-30 contract was not the only major Anglo-Indian trade deal being promoted in 1983, at a time of escalating sick unrest. Lucrative military sales of Sea King helicopters and Sea Eagle missile to the Indian Navy were also on the table. Foreign Office Minister Lady Young was told by her department that in the event of any difficulties... These contracts are of crucial concern to the aerospace industry and considerable pressure can be expected to be exerted on Whitehall by companies to meet the Indian objections. The Sea King deal went ahead later in 1983, with personal support from Margaret Thatcher. Britain's main rival for these trade deals was France. A Whitehall civil servant wrote that, It seems to me that it can only be to our advantage To have something as visible as helicopters flying around to dent somewhat their current impression of French supremacy, Westlands are up against the French and the Americans, and have so far been running very much third. In April 1983, the UK Ministry of Defence, MOD, Procurement Division, went on a 10-day visit to India and filed a detailed report, which Thatcher read. The MOD noted that, The central aim must be to convince the Indians that we are serious in wanting to work with them. The amount of money at stake was vast. The Indian MOD will shortly be taking decisions on a large number of equipment programs worth, in all, about £1 billion. It was against this backdrop that Thatcher had meetings with India's foreign and defence ministers as well as the PM, Indra Gandhi, later that year. Whitehall was determined to impress upon Indian officials its willingness to sell them weapons. The FOC's top civil servant assured Pratap Kishan Kohl, a key Indian figure responsible for major defence sales negotiations, that the growing links between India and Britain in the defence field enjoy firm political backing, and that we can be regarded as a reliable and sympathetic supplier of defence equipment. Kohl visited London twice in the space of two months, for his second visit in May 1983, Westlands flew Cole from London to their factory in Yeovil, on a W30 helicopter in VIP mode, to promote the deal. The MOD arranged for Cole to meet the Chief of the Defence Staff, the First Sea Lord and the Air Chief Marshal, who was also Chief of Defence Procurement. In August 1983, Downing Street made arrangements for India's Minister of External Affairs, Narasimha Rao, to visit London in November 1983. The Indian Defence Minister, Mr Ven Kataraman, was also scheduled to visit the UK in November. The FCO told Downing Street that, begin quote, Our relations with India have continued to improve, as evidenced most recently by the £250 million contract awarded to Westlands and British Aerospace to supply Sea King military helicopters and Sea Eagle missiles To the Indian Navy. We have been seeking a closer political dialogue with the Indian government. It would therefore seem appropriate for Mr. Rao to call on the Prime Minister during his forthcoming visit. In October 1983, the FCO wrote a brief for Downing Street in preparation for Rao's visit, which told Thatcher to make points including relations excellent, defence sales, delighted with agreements to purchase Sea King helicopters and Sea Eagle missiles. The briefing background paper noted that Relations in past two to three years Better than for some time past Recent defence sales Successes Close rapport between Prime Minister and Mrs. Gandhi The FCO enthused that Over the past two years there has been a major change in India's policy of defence equipment purchases. India now looks less to the Soviet Union and more to Europe as a major supplier. Attempts to break India away from her pro-Soviet inclination also underlay much of UK foreign policy in these years. A draft paper for the Joint Intelligence Committee explained that India sees the UK and other Western European countries as useful suppliers of advanced technology and arms and as a counterbalance to over-dependence on the Soviet Union. The primary objective of a Royal Navy Task Group visit to India in 1983 was begin, quote, to encourage greater ties between the Indian and British armed forces. A readiness by the UK to cooperate with the Indians over defence matters is an important political and psychological demonstration of Western support, reduces reliance on the Soviet Union and undermines the arguments of those in India who wish to see closer links with Moscow, End quote. The geopolitical objective was to counterbalance Soviet influence by demonstrating the West's importance to India as a reliable source of effective assistance and to foster the right political climate for commercial sales. A US State Department research paper on India-USSR relations commented that diversification of armed sources began under the Janata movement that displaced Gandhis between 1977 and 1980 and have continued under Gandhi. Indications are that West European suppliers will be greater beneficiaries than those of the US. It's added that There are clear indications that India is seeking to distance itself somewhat from the Soviet Union. The briefing paper for a meeting with the American Secretary of State said that Major Western interest is to wean them, India, further away from Russians. India's foreign policy is undergoing adjustment the relationship with the Soviet Union is becoming less dominant. The Indians have moved to strengthen ties with Western Europe. Reflecting this shift, in 1983, the Ministry of Defence had made the significant step of allowing more high-tech military equipment to be sold to India, an indication that the British military felt India could now be trusted not to pass technical secrets on to Moscow. The decision was made on the basis of the political and commercial importance of our relations with India and the recent strengthening of our defence contracts. Handwritten notes by the FCO South Asia Department members showed that they were jubilant. The Royal Navy also helped secure further arms deals with India in 1983 by giving India's defence minister a tour of the aircraft carrier HMS Invincible so that he could see Sea Harrier jets operating. During a stopover in Mumbai, Lunch and cocktail parties were well attended by the Indian Navy, local dignitaries, and some 25 British industry representatives. The Navy visit generated arms sales. Begin quote. The Indian Navy were pleased with the arrangements that had been made, and industry was gratified at the exposure to their customers in an operational environment. The Defence Minister, Mr Venkataraman, told the High Commissioner that because of the visit, he had been able to obtain approval for a further but of sea carriers, earlier than anticipated. Great interest was shown in the equipment on board and industry is following up the initiatives. End quote. British diplomats congratulated the ship's admiral, telling him that, This is gratifyingly clear and concrete proof of the value of your deployment as a support to our overseas interests. This incident demonstrates the role played by UK armed forces in promoting arms sales to India through their interaction with Indian military personnel, a factor that Haywood completely overlooked in his review of the motivation for the SAS officers' reconnaissance mission to Amritsar. The British High Commission's annual review of 1983 described it as a boom year for our bilateral relations, highlighting that, begin quote, The commercial and industrial objective is to use tied aid to secure more than the immediate benefit of a UK order, by deploying it in areas where British industry can reasonably hope for further business. In addition, specific commercial returns are expected from each aid instrument. End quote. This warming of defence relations took place with a leader who the FCO privately regarded as an autocrat. Briefing notes from October 1983 commented that Mrs. Gandhi rules in an autocratic and personalised manner. Her autocratic and paranoid style was apparent in part of a briefing on Sikh extremist activity in UK, which said that Mrs. Gandhi was beginning to believe that the Khalistan movement was operating with direction and support from Washington and other European capitals. Although the FCO said that this was preposterous, they noted that it reflected Mrs. Gandhi's genuinely held concerns about foreign support for extremist groups in India. The briefing then goes on to explain to Thatcher the activities of Khalistan activists in Britain. The FCO commented that the Indian government have expressed concern at Johans activities in the UK, most recently in October 1982. Therefore, at the same time that Whitehall was pursuing military deals with India, the Prime Minister herself was already aware that Indira Gandhi had concerns about the activities of Khalistan activists in Britain – a crucial fact that Haywood omitted from his review. The FCO stressed the importance of this meeting, telling Downing Street that it was a good opportunity to impress on Mr. Rao, one of the weightier members of Mrs. Gandhi's cabinet, the importance the Prime Minister personally attaches to a productive relationship with India. That same month, October 1983, the MOD wrote to Downing Street preparing for the visit of the Indian Defence Minister Venkataraman. The MOD told Thatcher that, begin quote, the Foreign Office regard Mr. Venkataraman as being on par with the Indian Foreign Minister, Rao, as the member of Mrs. Gandhi's cabinet most important to British interests and have been trying for some years to persuade him to visit this country. The reason for extending an invitation at this time is primarily to build on the sizeable defence sales, which could be as much as £1 billion in the coming year, and wider defence contracts. End quote. Thatcher underlined and highlighted £1 billion in the coming year. Her list of points to make included flourishing Indo-British defence relationship attach importance to maintaining close and mutually beneficial defence relationships. After the meeting, Downing Street told the MOD that the Prime Minister had expressed her pleasure at the high degree of cooperation between the UK and India on military matters, especially defence equipment. Haywood's team only reviewed the files from December 1983 onwards, thereby missing this vital context. During the preceding months, there had been significant developments on the Westlands helicopter deal, with the UK company becoming India's preferred bidder by the end of October. The British High Commissioner in New Delhi, Robert Wade Gerry, was extremely eager for the deal to proceed and became impatient with the Treasury who were unconvinced about offering aid money to secure the deal. Wade Gehry told London that the commercial case for this sale speaks for itself. In the midst of these negotiations, Thatcher visited India for the Commonwealth Heads of Government Meeting, CHOGM, in November 1983. At the CHOGM, she became aware of the Westlands contract negotiations, And thereafter, her private secretary asked the FCO to keep Downing Street informed about progress on the deal. Begin quote. One matter which arose during the Prime Minister's visit to India for CHOGM was the prospect of Westlands winning a contract worth over £50 million for 27 of their new W-30 helicopters. I believe that we are unlikely to win the contract unless we offer substantial aid, I should be most grateful for a report about our prospects for securing this contract that I can show the Prime Minister. End Documents relating to the CHOGM meeting make clear the close friendship between Thatcher and Indra Gandhi, speaking of a special relationship. The British High Commission, BHC, sent a telegram to the FCO in London and the MOD Defence Sales Division, saying that, begin quote, There is a general perception in India that a special relationship exists between the Prime Minister and Mrs. Gandhi. This works very much in our interests. There are in any case a number of points, on our commercial and defence sales interests in particular, which, as seen from here, it would be very useful if the PM could raise with Mrs. Gandhi. End quote. Another letter from the FCO to Downing Street, titled CHOGM, Meeting with Mrs. Gandhi, reveals that the scale of India's demand for arms had grown again, Noting that, during the next three to four years, we have hopes of winning a significant share of the potential $2 billion pounds defence sales market in India. Although in the event, Thatcher was reluctant to raise the matter at the CHOGM, which had a wide and varied agenda, these files show that by November 1983, Thatcher was fully aware of the Westlands deal and other commercial military trade opportunities in India. A note from the High Commissioner to Thatcher just before the CHOGM reminded her that, begin quote, the Indian foreign and defence ministers whom you met in London earlier in November are two of her closest advisers. A brief reference to your conversation with them would give you an opportunity to express pleasure at the Indian award of their naval helicopter contract to Westlands. In brackets, 20 Sea Kings with Sea Eagle missiles to a value of 200 million pounds plus. End brackets and at their decision, just taken to buy 12 more sea harriers. You could go on to say that the Light Combat Aircraft Project is, we hope, the next major area for Indo-British arms supply collaboration. If India opts for a British partner, it will mean a great deal of business for BAE, Rolls-Royce and associated companies. Haywood's review only examined files after these meetings Thatcher had with three of India's most senior politicians – thereby missing out on a considerable amount of context which clearly demonstrates the paramount importance of arms sales to Anglo-Indian relations in the build-up to Operation Blue Star. The first file that Haywood regards as relevant covers a visit by the Indian Intelligence Coordinator to London on 15 and 16 December 1983, which he said coincided with an escalation at the Sri Harmandir Side. This document was not available to our researcher at the archives, and we believe it forms part of a Cabinet Office intelligence file on India which had been withheld and is subject to our appeal before the Information Tribunal. At this stage, we have to take Hayward's word that no request for military advice was made during this visit, nor is there any evidence that planning for or assisting with any potential operations at the temple complex were discussed with the UK authorities full disclosure of these discussions is essential to form an independent view especially as the indian intelligence coordinator went on to be a key contact in arranging the sas officer's visit to amritsar welcome to the sikh network podcast a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting Sikhs across the global diaspora.